Are you looking for valuable business advice to reach that seven-figure revenue mark? Do you want actionable tips to properly navigate through every business challenge you encounter along the way? Let Tersh Blissett and Josh Crouch be your guide in getting you to the top here at Service Business Mastery. Tune in as they sit down with world-renowned authors in business, leadership, and personal growth who share valuable insights about management, marketing, pricing, human resources, and so much more. Let their nuggets of wisdom gold guide you in owning a thriving, profitable, and ever-growing business. Here are your hosts, Tersh and Josh. Hey, everybody out there in podcast world. I uh, am your host, Josh, and sitting alongside virtually is Tersh. We have a very uh, a different show, a little different guest today. Um, it's going to help you think outside the box a little bit as they have done with their business. And um, I, I think this is going to bring about some really good discussion as far as uh, online shopping and what it means for our industry. This is a lot of times, this is one of those uh, topics that contractors have very strong opinions about. And to see somebody who, and honestly, these guys have been doing things differently for a long time. Uh, this is going to be something that I think is <laughs> is going to bring around some really good discussion and some questions. So with that being said, Tersh, do you, uh, do you have anything you want to add before we bring Nick on? Yeah, sure. So I'm excited uh, to talk to Nick. I have lots of questions for myself, just inquisitively. Um, I, e-commerce is very foreign to a lot of uh, HVAC business owners. So I know there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are going to have a lot of questions as well. So I'm, I'm excited to see um, how they've kind of gotten past some over some hurdles because uh, I know I can think of hurdles in my mind right now. So I'm just excited to learn more about it. So, yeah. Yeah. So Nick, why don't you start by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? And I know part of that story involves your family and and the start of the business. So why don't you kind of let us know your guys' background and we'll start jumping into some questions after that. Okay, so my father, my grandfather started the company in approximately 1976. Originally opened to the public, sold direct to consumer, direct to contractors, and that's how he started the company. In the 90s, my uncle started doing the installs and service. He started the mechanical division, and that started to grow as well. I come into the picture probably about 2008, 2009 full time. I've been here full time since then. And I was just a warehouse guy. And then we had a bunch of overstock inventory that needed to be moved out. My father at the time was also running day-to-day operations. He liked to buy surplus equipment from manufacturers. Back in 2008, 2009, it was a very good time to buy surplus equipment because you had all these companies looking to liquidate they, their warehouses. They were filled. They had 500 furnaces they wanted to get rid of. They needed to get them off the book. People weren't buying them. People weren't installing them. They needed to move them. So we're buying them up left and right, trying to sell them out the door, trying to install them. We could only install so many per week, and we could only sell so many out the door per week. So I had the great idea. So why don't we try selling them online? We put a few on uh, repocast.com, which is a local auction online. Those sold great. And then we went to try eBay, put them on eBay, and they just sold left and right. I mean, we were selling 
one or two a week. We thought that was good. And then it was five a week. Then it was 10 a week. And then eventually it was, you know, coming up to 50 furnaces a week. They were shipping all of our dock and it just grew from there. So we started our own website, our own e-commerce website, kind of struggled to get that going. Wasn't getting traffic like eBay. And then we also bought out a few years ago, uh, SureRailHVAC.com. They're another direct-to-consumer. They sold online. We bought some of their inventory in their name. Their website wasn't getting as much traffic as well, so we kind of went back to our roots. We just went back to eBay. That's where all the traffic is, and that's where we did the best. So we've been kind of selling full-time there, moving equipment. And you guys still, as far as I know, when I look, do you guys still have an eBay or an eBay store up, right? Yeah, so we, we we did our own e-commerce website. Like I said, we just couldn't get the same amount of traffic to go to that as the traffic that's hit eBay. eBay spends a ton of money on getting traffic to their website, and they do a great job of getting the search engines to pick up our items. So we live at eBay. They charge a little bit more of a fee, but that's where we sell most of all of our equipment is eBay. And we, we sell furnaces, ACs, heat pumps, geothermals, mini split, duct work. I just shipped out 120 boxes of flex to a customer that couldn't find flex anywhere. And we have probably 700 boxes of flex in stock. So I shipped them 120 and we had, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I've shipped, um, I have a customer in Miami. He's another contractor. He buys equipment from us all the time. I'll ship them 20, 30 ACs at a time. And it's, you know, it just depends on the market. He might not be able to get the ACs he needs in Miami, we might have them here in stock or it might be something that has been sitting in their warehouse for a couple of years. So we'll give them a discount and ship them down to them. Hmm. So, so you guys ship all over the country then? Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. We ship all across the country. The crazy thing oh. is most of our, most of our business is probably California. And I hate shipping that far because the cost is high, but for some reason, a lot of our stuff goes to California. So how do you end up with equipment? Are you buying direct from the manufacturers or, I mean, at what yeah, point so do you become a supply house yourself? We, we, at this point, we basically are. Okay. We have a full line of duct work. I mean, anything HVAC related, you walk into Johnstone Supply, we're probably going to have the same stuff right here in stock. Gotcha. Is that something that you want to do or, cause I, I feel like some people listening, they're going to be like, oh, that's more of a headache than. I really want to get into. I just want to be able to, you know, drop ship some air filters or something. I mean, if you're just a contractor installing and you want to add some revenue, I'd say probably add the filters. In my opinion, you make a couple bucks a filter. I don't think it's really worth my time when we're shipping out 50 furnaces a a week. You know, we make a lot higher revenue per furnace. And uh, the other spin of things is we have a regular walk-in store, 8,000 square feet. Customers can walk in. We've got 40 furnaces on the floor. They can look at them, ask questions. We've got two or three experienced sales techs here. We've got um, our other company, Mechanical, which does install and service. They're licensed and insured, different mm-hmm. entity. They rent office space from us, and they have approximately six employees that run that. And so a lot of times we have customers call or they walk in because they've heard of us, get a price on the furnace, and then they decide, hey, I'm just going to have you guys install. Can you come out and give me a quote? So that kind of fuels 
it's like rocket fuel almost to our mechanical division because half the people that walk in the door they think oh i'm a handyman i'm gonna put it myself well they might have a brother-in-law that's going to help them, so they buy the furnace, take it home, brother-in-law's in the business, he puts it in for them. Or they might not, and then they say, hey, why don't you guys come out and give me a quote on And then our install, you know, takes over from there. I feel so, like that's the way a lot of things go. Like, everyone has a grand idea, like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have all this time. I'm going to do this project. And then they're like, they get to it, and they start realizing all the other things, like the electrical stuff that has to be hooked up, and the refrigerant, and all this other stuff. And they're like, "Yeah, maybe I'll just hire a contractor to do this. Can you guys help me out?" So it's, it's actually a, like you said, it's kind of a very interesting uh, way to push leads to yourself in a way with without even really trying, right? Because I don't know if that was really your guys's intent. Or it's just by happenstance. It's like, well, we have a mechanical company and we have a supply company. Let's just let's just kind of put them together and help each other out. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you would think of think about it, we are kind of like a Johnstone Supply with an in-house mechanical company. So, you know, we have contractors coming in. They buy parts. They buy furnaces um, all the time. And then we also have consumers that come in and buy stuff. And then, like I said, that just fuels our mechanical division because half the time the people decide they're not going to do it themselves and they want us to do it and going yeah. back to the question about the supply house a lot yeah. of people will say oh that's a lot of overhead that's a yeah. lot to manage but we have so much volume going through we get such good discounts on buying equipment and flex duct and steel duct work and stuff like that so that kind of helps out the mechanical division because we're selling that stuff to them at a better cost they can keep their prices lower mechanical has a job come up tomorrow we don't have to order nothing it's in-house we can have that order pulled in 20 minutes crews can load it up for tomorrow yeah, there's that's no nice for sure. waiting for a johnstone there's no waiting for oh that furnace is backward flex is backward we haven't we've had some products like that but we honestly haven't ran out of anything in the last year and a half there might have been getting low on some stuff on stock but as far as all these contractors saying oh we're out of flex we just had a a competitor of ours come in earlier and they bought 12 boxes of flex because they couldn't find a Johnstone supply. And, you know, a lot of other contractors, competitors will do that, but then they go around and talk bad about us because they're, oh, you guys are selling direct to the consumer. You know, they can go in there and buy their own furnace or they can, you know, they see what our cost is. And so that's the downside of it is that a lot of the competitors don't like the model because anyone can come in and they can get the furnace or they can get the box of filters or capacitor, anything they need. Yeah. That was going to be my question is the fact that whenever you have that situation where a, where a client comes in and purchases the equipment and then later on wants you to put install it. um, How do you have that conversation? Because a lot of times we can't, we have to build some margin into the materials in order to, go through all the warranty process and everything like that. All right. What, what do you do in that situation? So if they already bought the furniture, if they want to buy the furniture and have our mechanical division installed, then our mechanical division would send the estimator out there and he'd, he'd quote normal markup of any job, you know, whatever the markup is on the product plus the labor, that's going to be the same markup for this job. He's not going to cut them a deal just because, they bought the furnace in-house. It's going to be, if you came in and we bid this job at seven grand from mechanical and then came in and bought the furnace, 
and then decide to have us install it, it's going to be around the same seven grand. Gotcha. So we still get the same markup. Do you ever get any kickback from people from that? Because sometimes I, I don't really find it with clients, like people, people, but what I find it with is um, home warranty companies just because they are who they are. And they're like, wait a minute, why is labor so much? And I'm like, just add the, add that price to the materials. You're like, well, why is the material so much? And I'm like, well, then add it to the labor. I don't care how you split it up. It's my price, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, they yeah, have- Yeah, we do get a lot problem. of kickback, you know? Yeah. But I think that's just in any industry, really. You know, you got your customers that will complain if you charge $10 now, you know, or if you're charging $200 now, you're always going to have someone that complains about the price. And we just tell them that's the price. You know, this is what we charge per hour to have two guys out there. You know, if if you don't like it, you can check around. You know, because we're pretty competitive in our market. Hmm. Yeah, and I find so this this is the conversation we had with the guys over at Contractor Commerce is customers, especially when it comes to trades. You know, usually you can look up a menu for a restaurant or a retail store. You know what the price of everything is before you ever step foot in that location. With contractors, customers have no idea what it costs to run our type of business. So when they see a price tag of seven or 10 or 15 or 20,000 for a system with all the accessories, they're, they're like, holy crap, like this, I can go online. The equipment's only this much. Why is it so that so much? And they, it's, I, I feel like there's no place online telling them that this is the installed price. And this is the installed price kind of around the country. Like, Otherwise, you get people like Home Advisor who are telling people that, and they don't really care what the contractor makes because they're trying to sell the leads to as many people as possible. Do you guys? So you guys have your retail pricing on your eBay store. Do you guys put your installed pricing on your mechanical website? We do. We don't advertise for installed prices. We don't really have a flat rate on all jobs. We like our estimator to go okay. out there. That way he can quote it when he's there. You know, we have a lot of customers that call and they want, well, it's a standard 1300 square foot ranch. Can't you just give us the price? We don't ever like to bid anything like that. We like to send him out there. That way he knows what needs to be done and he can sell a job. Okay. So, so you guys, there's still like some, advertise that. there's still some traditional contracting involved with your mechanical division. And cause that's, it's hard to, like I see both sides, like you want to put some like base pricing out there potentially on your website. So you can kind of like, like a soft warm up to the customer. Um, but when it comes to it, it's also, you don't want to have a firm price because a firm price means you can't move. You can't, if there's, if that furnace is facing a door and you have six inches to, to disconnect it and stuff like that, or it's in some crazy crawl space or attic, it gets super difficult to guarantee any pricing. Um, so, Tersh, I don't know if you want to yeah, talk no, a little I, bit about what your thoughts on that while we're waiting for him. Well, I agree with that because um, when I when I spoke to Paul and Will about this, that one of the things that they said that they they did to solve that is the fact that it says on there. It says on as you're completing the the checkout and everything that we still have to come to a site visit, and the price is not final. It's a it's an estimate, uh, 
And then I believe they add some photos, like you have to add photos or something to that, to that effect or something like that. But um, do you have, so those same competitors that are talking bad about you guys, do you find them coming in your retail store to buy stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. They come in, you know, <laughs> if they don't want to drive 45 minutes to the supply house and they just need a part, they'd come in and get it, you know, or they can't find flex stock at Johnstone. So they come in and get it. You know, like I said earlier, we had a guy, a competitive ours that, talks bad about us, but he comes in and buys stuff. So that's normally when you see them is when they're close by or they can't find something somewhere else. They come by from us because there's nowhere else to get it. So, so I have a question pertaining to that. Um, since you're not a, a, a legit or quote unquote supply house, um, it, how do you handle warranty issues if you're selling to another um, competitor or to a, a, a mechanical contractor in your area? That's so all. Like if we sell Goodman, for instance, still warranty to Goodman. We okay. have a, a contact at Goodman that handles all the warranty. Same thing with like uh, Nordine and uh, Train and stuff. Some of the some of our connections for the warranty are more local. Some of them are not. They're at okay. corporate level. Yeah, that's how I figured you'd handle it. What about with the, with the parts? I mean, is it pretty much the same? Uh, warranty and parts. Yeah, it work the same way. Like yeah. some of our suppliers are local. They can swap them out and handle the warranty. Some of them, like uh, they're more corporate level, we have to ship them to them. Gotcha. You guys, so normally, normally, a supply house has like territory reps and stuff like that. Do you guys do anything like that or to try to grow accounts that's that buy more from you guys, or do you guys just let people buy when they want to buy? Uh, none of this time. We just have. In inside sales, so people walk in or they can call in or place an order. We don't have anything outside at this point. I mean, there is the, I think there's a bigger market we're missing. We're just, the biggest thing we've struggled with the, over the last few years is just staffing. And people come and go and it's mm-hmm. hard to get guys in here because there's so many opportunities out there. And a lot of our uh, techs and installers and sales people they don't know if they quite want to come on board. They've heard good things about us. They see what we're doing, but then their boss or someone else in the background, you know, whispering in near or saying, well, they sell to the public. They're, they're missing our market. So there's kind of controversy going back and forth. We think we have a huge market we're working on. And then the regular contractor that does uh, service and install thinks he has the market. So it kind of goes back and forth and, it, it takes a while for uh, someone to understand our our scope of work and how we operate here. Yeah, I would think it's a it's a it's a very unique setup you guys have. Um, what is so if people are listening and because I especially right now like getting product can be a challenge and I I you know you've heard rumblings of furnaces being difficult to get for certain contractors especially smaller guys right like that don't have that buying power if they want to contact you guys to see what you guys have in stock and stuff like that is there a good site or something like that they can go to to contact you guys they can go right on their website fleetwoodseating.com and click on their eBay store we don't have a hundred percent of our inventory on there. We just switched over to a fishbowl inventory the last year. So we're still updating that. But otherwise they can reach me directly at phone or email. It's probably the best for me. I'm, I'm the main sales guy here. So. Okay. Is that listed? I'm assuming that contact information is listed on your website. 
Yep, they can just call our 269-521-3382. My direct extension is 3102. Okay. Yeah, I just think it's super interesting because it's one of those things like I know like supply supplyhouse.com used to be like our backup, right? Like if we didn't, if oh, we yeah. couldn't find something, I would go to supplyhouse.com and search there because I was like, well, somebody's got to have this. I didn't even realize there were people like you out there, Nick. So you would have been a good resource for some of that stuff when we were running out of stuff. Cause we ran into last summer of 2020 where um, we actually had to bring on a second line of equipment uh, because we were, <laughs> we were, we were short certain ACs and this distributor had ACs. So we had to get a second line of equipment out of necessity mm-hmm. and having a, a backup option that where you could get equipment and get it. I'm assuming fairly quickly. Well, what's your, I mean, what's your regular lead time? Let's say you're shipping from Michigan to California. So about as far away as you can go, what's your regular lead time to get oh, something if we down ship there? the furnace to California, they ordered it today. We'd ship it tomorrow and they'd probably have it in a week. You know, if it's going okay. to like the East Coast, usually they're only a couple day turnaround. Okay. So for any of you guys listening that are having some issues uh, finding product equipment, I would I would definitely check out their website just to just to see what they have. It's never a bad thing to have a a backup option if your local supplier or your local distribution network does not have product. Yep. Yeah, and if you don't see it on their website, just shoot me an email or give me a call because we we have a ton of inventory that's not on eBay. And mainly we're just, we're still working on getting our new system up and going full tilt. Cool. Have you guys, uh, this is a, and I, it's because I'm in marketing. Have you guys ever considered like a Shopify site or some kind of like WooCommerce type site for your stuff? Yeah. So we had a big commerce website. Like I said, we ran that probably about five years and then we just kind of dropped it off because the traffic just was not the same as eBay. So we kind of went back to eBay. That's where all the track, I mean, we spent a ton of time and money trying to get our big commerce to pick up the same amount of traffic as eBay, but whatever eBay does, they drive a ton of traffic to their website and we just seem to do so much better on eBay. Now our long-term goals would be to build a more advanced website like supplyhouse.com and get all of our inventory online. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. So, and, and and how I'm thinking about it is from a supply point where you could also have, like maybe based on zip code, if somebody buys a part, you can also ask them before they check out, would they like somebody like a professional to come and install it for them or to come yeah. service them or mm-hmm. to add a maintenance agreement or like, there's so many things rolling through my head right now, as far as like, if something like that was set up, but I get it. You do have to get traffic too, because people in California are not going to find your website. They're going to find AC wholesalers or whatever. Some of the other ones that are like the, these bigger online distributors first. Um, But uh, so, yeah, if if you guys are listening to this and you're just looking for a, even if you want to, you found a way to get some uh, wholesale equipment and you want to resell it, uh, check out their eBay store, see how it's set up. It's a very interesting concept. And I, I thought uh, bring some value to our, our listeners today. Uh, Trish, I don't know if you have anything you want to close with. No, you did. You did great. I mean, uh, you answered, um, you asked all the questions that I had. So uh, that's definitely 
just, I was just curious about even the competitors, which you answered for me. So uh, yeah, I, I appreciate every, all the information you brought to, to us today. And I know a lot, our listeners will appreciate it as well, because there's a lot of people that are, that are wondering what, what it would be like to pull that trigger. So yeah, I'm sure that they have, they either, you either answer a lot of questions or now they have a lot more questions. So <laughs> one or the other. They probably have a lot more, I'm sure. Yeah, um, I'm but if you, if you guys that. do have any more, yeah, if you guys will put uh, Nick's contact information in the show notes. So if you guys have questions, you can reach out to him. Otherwise we can kind of facilitate you uh, touching base with them. And, and uh, hopefully, hopefully this give, just gives you think outside the box a little bit that these things are out there. Whether you, whether you put your head in the sand and try to ignore them or not, they're out there. Somebody's doing it and business is changing. So you just have to kind of keep your eyes open and, and start thinking outside the box before your competitors do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Cool, so, Nick. Well, I awesome. appreciate you coming on the thank show you. today, Nick. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, yeah, you want to close it. us out? Yeah. So, uh, thank you all for, for listening to this show. If again, if you have questions about online stores or, or anything from today's episode, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, but thank you again for listening to the service business mastery podcast. Thank you guys. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of service business mastery. Now that you are equipped with essential business advice from this impactful conversation, you are one step closer to becoming the successful owner of your dreams. If this episode has been helpful to your business journey, don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and share it with other owners as well. Visit servicebusinessmastery.com to learn more.